Welcome back to the Across the Board podcast. Jeff, Jeff and I, good Lord, Jeff, come on, you already ruined it, and you're already in the podcast, <laughs> 10 seconds in. Jeff W., ladies and gentlemen. All right, John and I are here. We are going to talk to you about the Browns schedule release that just happened tonight. You know, we were just arguing, is it going to be is it going to be 10 wins this year or are we going to say, "Oh, we just lost 11 straight this year." You never know with the Browns, but the nerd regime is keeping things they're just they're they're steadying the ship. They're they're bunkering down. I love what they're doing, but I mean, let's just get right into it. Week 1, September 13th at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I'm going to look at this in two ways. One that's absolutely okay. terrifying because the Baltimore Ravens are without a doubt in my mind the best roster in the NFL. Uh they they have they have not a single hole. You cannot find a hole outside of you could argue that linebacker and I'll argue that cornerback because Marcus Peters isn't good. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> linebacker, probably their only hole. But they have Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters, a phenomenal pass rush added now. Patrick Queen. With, yeah, you know how I feel about Patrick Queen, though. But No, I know, but he's yeah. first-round pick. Yeah, they add first-round pick. That's going to be forever. When he's cut in four years. First-round pick, Patrick Queen's available. <laughs> um, I'll take that bet. So I don't know if I'm going to predict every game, what the Browns are going to do, but I'll say this. Last year, the Browns, after a very slow start, went into Baltimore week four, and the Browns didn't thump – the Ravens. Devin, get the stop telling her to do crap. She didn't. Who? I just to You're a liar. Anyway, look at this. You're messing up my podcast, Julia. Um <laughs> Baltimore. They went to Baltimore and the Browns didn't even thump them. Nick Chubb by himself thumped him. They gave Nick Chubb in that week gave the Baltimore Ravens run defense, tackling, the worst grade they had all year on PFF. Nick Chubb went absolutely bananas, and he did it behind an O-line that was miserable. The Browns were the third best run grade, like the third best run team in the NFL, according to PFF and their grades, but their run blocking was 28th, I believe. So Nick Chubb alone carried that team in that game and i'm not saying the browns go week one beat baltimore but the browns have a terrible taste in their mouth baltimore might be coming off a little bit of that we're supposed to win the super bowl we got beat by the titans in the playoffs hangover short like this first of all these first six weeks of the nfl season are going to be so unpredictable I'm going to have a hard time placing any money in bets on them because we don't know what's going to happen with this offseason. This offseason workout program is so insane. Teams like the Bengals, who are their starting quarterback is going to be a rookie, are going to have a – Joe Burrow is going to come in, and he's going to get eight alive the first two weeks. I don't know who the Bengals play week one, but that Browns defense has improved a lot. They still have holes there, but they're negating those black holes that if you listen to the show Brendan talked about a few weeks ago um, – I'm ex- I think that's how what a better way to start the season than taking on the best team in the league. Just getting it out there. See what this team is freaking made of. Yeah. No, I mean you're going to find out right away, so that's the good news. And uh what's it called if you you know there's there's a lot of guys on the team right now who, you know, went into um 
what's called went into last year, um, or I'm sorry, are thinking about last year. And one thing that they have to draw upon is that they went to Baltimore and they won that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, they didn't, you know, you didn't win a lot of games last year, but you did go to Baltimore and you did thump that team, yeah. um, which, you know, it, it is what it is. So, um, and, and largely in the same kind of style, ironically, that they're going to be doing uh, this year. Like they they won with a lot of wide zone running stuff that Baltimore really couldn't you know deal with at all. So it's almost like Nick. And Chubb's we saw good. the results. You. <laughs> he's uh, oh hey Brent, how you doing? Welcome. But uh, um, yeah, and the yeah, other thing is it could good. be flipped. Absolutely, we could have Cincinnati. We could go to Cincinnati first game, get an easy win. Um, or we could go to the Ravens when they're still going to be rusty too. I and I'm not saying I'm not anything about the Ravens. The Ravens are a fantastic team. Whether you're a Browns fan or not, you know that they are well ran. Um, that kind of offense, it takes a minute to get going. A lot of options, a lot of RPOs. That kind of offense takes timing. Lamar Jackson is not going to have time to work with Devin, Duv- however you pronounce his name, from Texas, the wide receiver. DuVernay. J.K. Dobbins, this is going to be a rusty start. The Browns are going to have a rusty start as well. They're implementing a whole new offense. But something that travels much easier than the passing game is the running game. If you guys can hit their blocks and Nick Chubb can hit his holes, that is that I I much prefer that to an, an option game. And then what I was trying to get to the point is we could have had the Ravens on four days rest. We're going to Cincinnati week two on four days rest on the Thursday night game. Like we should just be lucky that it's not Cincinnati, then four days, then Baltimore. Um, Cause I don't like this. I don't like the idea of traveling to Baltimore and getting curb stomped on a Thursday night. No, of all the teams on the schedule. Um, I mean, if you could have chosen, if you knew the opponents you were playing, which obviously you did, and you could have said, you know, you've got to play one game on four days, you know, three days rest. You got to play one game four days later. Um, I think Jacksonville, Bengals or Washington, maybe, maybe the jets, the Bengals for sure. Like there, there are just a handful of teams that you'd say, let's put in that spot. And so, you know, that's one of them. So that's the good news. Um, yeah, you know, it is, it is at home for what that's worth, obviously, which is nicer. Um, I mean, you're at Baltimore, so that's not, you know, it's not a far trip and then you got to hopefully if you get a win you come back home and then four days later you got a your home opener on thursday night against uh the Bengals. so primetime you know ish game nfl network obviously um i'd count it it's gonna be uh, i i would say that when that game hits maybe aside from mm -hmm. the chiefs texans game that will probably be the most watched game because the joe burrow effect so the entire bayou is going to be watching it and then oh yeah you know i i think there's this Baker had a bad year, but if Baker comes out and slings like he can the first week, and this is a warning to all Browns fans, Baker's not going to come out here and throw 50 touchdowns this year. I mean, look at Kirk Cousins' stats. What you're going to get is efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. It's not going to be high volume. If Baker's throwing at a high volume, that means we have the, that means that Stefanski and that offense have not done what they went into that game doing. They want to establish the run, throw, and these situations that make it optimal with windows and um you know making the defense think that the offense is going a whole other way like i know it sounds so simple but this wide zone scheme offense is just like it's really dumbing down the game make it easy on the quarterback run the ball um and then i think another thing i want to touch on with the ravens real quick john is they hi bailey thank you for joining (laughs) um the ravens 
obviously have Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Mark Andrews is arguably outside of Travis Kelsey. There's probably a few more that can just move in the open field. Almost no tight end can move like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey can. And if they do, that they're not starting tight ends. They're very situational mm-hmm. receiving tight ends. Yeah, Grant Delpit is tremendous in coverage. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal in coverage. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He is he is what you bring in to stop a guy like Mar- Mark Andrews. He's not going to he's not going to negate everything Mark Andrews does. What he's going to do is slow him down. If you remember the second game against the Redskins la- against the Ravens last year, there was a touchdown by Mark Andrews, I believe, and they back of the end zone where he just wasn't covered. Demarius Randall couldn't find him, wasn't there, wide open. Grant Delpit doesn't just miss coverages like that. He might he might mess up, you know. He, he doesn't he's not perfect obviously. He was a he was the four, 51st overall pick or whatever he was. But watching Grant Delpit and I'm about to release a breakdown on him soon, hopefully by Saturday. He doesn't just miss coverages because he got bored or he just simply doesn't see it. He's a very smart kid, sees the entire field. I think Grant Delpit and obviously Sandejo, a very good, very good coverage safety, um, and then Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph, Joseph, you want more for keeping Lamar Jackson contained um, in the run game, yep. keeping Mark Andrews, because we had a problem last year. If you got past the the defensive line, which was often because they weren't good. Then you got to the linebackers, and you got past them because our linebackers were really bad. Then you got to the safeties and the cornerbacks, and none of our safeties and quarterbacks can tackle. And that really hasn't changed, but you brought in Carl Joseph to try to change that. But I do think – I know that was really long-winded, but I've just been thinking about the Ravens and the Browns, and I just – I think the Ravens and Browns matchup might be closer than some think. Still, the Browns are going to have to play a perfect game, and the Ravens are going to have to mess up every now and again for us to get that for the Browns to get that win but if you can get up on the Ravens and then pound the ball like they do you have a shot and the Browns are going to pound the ball this year well look the NFL is weird right I mean last year you know we know how the season ended and the Baltimore was you know I mean uh, they lost to Tennessee in the playoffs and the Browns were you know a a largely disappointing team after you know after the end of the season so um but the that looked like you know, that looked like a, um, I mean, they looked like a role reversal, right? Yeah. Like we watched that game and we were like, Baltimore looks like the Cleveland looks like the team that's going to go to the playoffs and Baltimore looks terrible. They couldn't stop anything that we were doing. I mean, it was over 500 yards of total offense. Baltimore couldn't do anything. So, you know, and that was and our it, peak happiness you know, too, week four. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And I mean, after that, you know, went downhill, but, <laughs> but the bottom line is, you know, the NFL is, it's a bizarre place. Like yeah. if you, you know, thinking back on that game now, it's almost like, how did that even happen? I mean, that seems impossible, that result. So, so you never know. But here's the bottom line with this game. Like, you, um, you, you know, the Browns spent uh, money on their defense and free agency, and they spent, um, you know, some draft picks uh, on defense as well. And so, you know, if your front seven, if uh, your D-line with the incorporation of, you know, uh, Elliot, of course, Jordan Elliott, um, who uh, is still following you on Twitter, right? He does. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh my god! Just gosh. so we're clear. So, that, yeah, very. My cool. favorite Browns cool. player followed me on Twitter, yep. and I had to not geek out and say something to him. I still haven't. Very cool. playing it cool. Very cool. Playing it cool because I I don't no, even I care. That's, 
Smart. Yeah. Keep your play hard to get apps, make him come to you for sure. That's, uh, that's for sure. So smart. Um, no, but, uh, so if you, you know, if the off season goes, uh, such in such a way that you're able to, um, you know, get decent practice time in with your defensive line, with your new linebackers, especially the new linebackers, because this is a, a very new room, uh, apart from Mac Wilson and, you know, Taki Taki from last year. So, um, you have a lot of guys to incorporate. And so if you can get that figured out and you feel good about it heading into, you know, Joe Woods feels good about his defense heading into week one against, you know, at Baltimore, then yeah, I mean, you've, you've got a chance to, uh, you know, hang out, hang in that game. And maybe it comes down to, you know, how well you play on offense, which I think we're all expecting, uh, a step up, you know, in the right direction there, which, um, I don't think that's unreasonable to to look at the offense and say that Stefanski, uh, the the scheme, everything about that is going to make things easier um, and more successful for on that side of the ball. I think this game is going to come down to the defensive side. Are you going to be able to um, stop them? Because if it's just a shootout, if it's just Lamar Jackson unhinged and he's just going to do what he does and, and you've got to keep up with him like that, I don't – I'm not super confident about that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the point spread just came out, so the Browns are 10-point underdogs for week one. Take that. So you can take the Browns plus 10 right now at Baltimore. I like that. Um, then I take that and Baker and, breaks uh, his leg. Oh, Case Keenum. I mean, Case Keenum and Stefanski's offense isn't bad it. at all. Stop. stop it right now. Don't even don't even say that stuff out loud. Um, don't even say it. Are you kidding me? You call me a pessimist and you're talking about broken legs and shit? Jeff W. out here. Um, Eric Metcalf just liked this oh. tweet. Let's go, buddy. Boom. Um, Excellent. Perfect. Get Eric Metcalf so. on the show for us, Jeff, and you'll be our official scoop. But um, also with what you just said, the you know play well on offense. Uh, everyone's expecting a reboot from the Browns' offense this year. I've already started digging into some of the data, and I from everything I'm finding, it looked like Baker Mayfield. I think it might have been in one season, but it might be his whole career. I need to dig deeper. I'm trying to find all these crazy stats through Reddit and stuff and um, finding <laughs> leaks. I mean, not leaks, scoops like Jeff and EA were the other day. But I think Baker Mayfield threw 45, 42% of his throws from some sort of play action or um, a play action or an RPO. And then I went back and watched some tape from his senior year and everything was a play action or an RPO. So Are you I, talking about in college or the NFL? In college. Or are you in talking college. about his whole career? Okay, college. Okay. Um, I have some NFL stats, so but I don't have college. I don't know if the 40 – can I block Chandler for that Keenum crap? <laughs> Guys, what did <laughs> I say? All I said is I'll take that bet now, and then with my luck, Baker will get hurt. Um, yeah. But – No, but you're like really specific. Like you, you – like, if you want to say he's going to get hurt, fine, but don't be real specific to the point where we can look back at this and definitively, like, we have reasons to choke you out. Like, that's not that's not what you want to do. Like, just say, you know, he get injured. Like, let's just skip that part of it, okay? We have enough We have enough of an uphill mountain to climb as Browns fans. We don't need your uh, fan. We live of, in Ohio. We're, we have a lot of cornfields to walk through. But, um, so, yeah, I, I'll walk through it. And I, um... Basically, I'm going to be having a breakdown after I do all the Browns draft picks of Baker Mayfield because watching Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield excel at a lot of the same things. They're very similar quarterbacks outside of their personalities. Um, I, I think Baker's going to thrive in this offense, and I can't wait to see it. But obviously, with this offseason, we'll see how that goes. But we need to move on. Yeah. So 
Bengals, the Bayou Bengals versus the Bayou Browns. I I I don't really want to harp on this too long. I'm I've been pretty harsh on Joe Burrow this entire podcast. Like I just welcome to the NFL, kids. You're gonna have Miles Garrett screaming 100 miles per hour down yeah. your face. Um, yep. Sheldon Richardson coming from the interior, who I mean, if he wasn't getting paid 12 million a year, he'd get talked about in a lot um, higher uh, standard. He's just not really worth that. Jordan Elliott's a fantastic pass rusher. Obviously, we need to see if that translates. Uh, and then Olivier Vernon. If Olivier Vernon's healthy, I just don't think Browns fans understand how freaking tremendous Olivier Vernon is. I understand. Yeah. You can tell me all day that he has injury problems. If he's on the field, he's damn good. Um, and then, who knows, maybe the Browns signed Jadavian Clowney. That's just another absolute – I mean, that's terrifying. If you're on a third-down pass rush set against – your rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, and you have Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, and Jadavian Clowney rushing you. I mean, yeah, call it in. Brutal. Um, Brutal. Poop your pants. Call it in. Get off the field. That's terrifying. But yep. the Bengals, you, people could say they did well in the draft. That's fine. They are not near close enough to be of any concern for me. I don't think this, like Andrew Barry, Stefanski, De Podesta, they're not they're they're saying is all bite, no bark. I, I truly think that. I don't think they're gonna come into week one against Tennessee and feel like they already have the game. I don't think we'll have a single game like that. They're gonna come in, they're gonna expect that they need to play well to beat the Bengals. And I just think this is the first time ever we're gonna see the Browns actually thump some teams. Like I think they want to just thump teams. Get up, run the ball. I'm not saying you have to beat them by 30. But just Nick Chubb should break records this year. There's absolutely no reason. I tweeted this the other day. They had the 88.8 run grade from PFF, third highest in the NFL. They had the third worst offensive line run blocking grade. You add one of the best run blocking right tackles in the NFL. You add the best run blocker in the draft. Magic's going to happen. I love it. And also Nick Chubb is the epitome of all bite no bark the man doesn't speak he's gonna have a great year i'm more excited for his year than baker's to be honest yeah sorry i've been talking a lot i'm just freaking pumped up for browns i know man it's exciting this is cool i mean it's uh you know similar to the draft it's something that we can you know do with sports where we get to look forward to something you know it, it tells us a little bit of information now but it's largely you know we're looking forward to it uh down the road and it's fun to speculate so yeah um yeah i mean you know, and this really that having Cincinnati at home in week two on a short week really highlights the significance again of the Baltimore game, because if you somehow are able to go to Baltimore and control that game and play, you know, a close one, whatever, and, and come up, come away with the win, um, then you've got a real chance here to beat a Cincinnati team that is, you know, uh, made improvements in the offseason for sure. But, you know, they're not going to have any kind of an offseason uh, to really get things together. So, you know, you're still Burrow's, you know, one of the best the best college quarterback season ever. But I mean, it's you know, you've got to it's transition true. to the NFL now. It's going to be a lot different. Um, hey rookie, you know, offensive line. I mean, yeah, it's you know, it takes time. So if even if he's going to be really good down the road, it's you know, hard to imagine that he'll be you know, amazing week one mm-hmm. or week two, I should say. Uh, don't forget they'll be off short rest as well, coming off their games. Yeah. So, Who do they play know, week that's one? Another that's, thing. I need to pull up the whole schedule. Good question. I sent it to you in the Twitter. So, 
Um, Cincinnati is at home against the Chargers. So they got a 4 o'clock game against the oh. L.A. Chargers. And then, yeah, three days later, four days later, they're playing. Uh, they're on the road in Cleveland against us. I'll tell you so, what. Right now, if you're a betting well, person, and John and I will be doing betting stuff on here just like normal um, on Sunday or on the NFL, uh, take the Chargers under every single game. <laughs> if Terod Taylor is the quarterback. Oh, he, under the total, yeah, that's a good call. That, especially that first week, Chargers at Bengals. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Good defense versus a rookie just starting out. So, But, um, yeah. So, but yeah, um, you know, I, I think a win is, you know, I think, I think it's fair to expect a win from the Browns in this game at home, uh, against our, you know, rookie, uh, quarterback. So, um, yeah. And again, so highlighting the importance of the Baltimore game, like you, you know, uh, and we can move on to week three, because if you do happen to beat Baltimore and you do beat Cincinnati at home, you've got another home game against the Redskins in week three. And they're coming uh, off again, a four o'clock our- game in Carolina that previous week. Okay. So. Uh, regime change, new coach, obviously. So again, they're not going to get much of an off season with a new coach. That's going to be really, really hard. Uh, second year quarterback with Dwayne Haskins, obviously. Um, all the running backs that have ever torn ACLs are on their roster uh, for sure. So they are still trying to figure out what to do there. Um, McLaurin was a nice piece last year. They just drafted Gandy Golden. That'll be interesting to see him play. Oh. But uh, definitely a winnable game for sure. So. You know, like again, you've got a real, you got a real shot, a realistic shot. I mean, if you win that first game, you could be three and zero after three weeks, and yeah. that is something that we haven't said in Cleveland, and it's got to be thirty years. Yeah, with the real, years. like with realness in our voice, not just like, yeah, we're gonna be good this year. Oh my God, no, we're not. Who's yeah. who's the who's the number no. one draft pick gonna be? Um, and even if you, if realistically, if you lose to Baltimore, and you know. Two and one is is the expectation. I think everybody's looking at this schedule saying, okay, if we do lose to Baltimore, then we should be two and one after three games. So, you know, not the end of the world. It'd be nice to get a division win, obviously, week one. But you do, you know, you have a division game against Cincinnati that you can win, and then again, a home game against Washington. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about anything to think about the Redskins? I mean, it's kind of – Yeah, so other than the fact that, like, I don't want to harp on them. I want to get to, like, the kind of the bad teams, Jacksonville, yada, yada. I want to kind of skim over them. So I'll just say this. The Redskins are going to Carolina, going to Arizona to play the Cardinals the week before the Browns at 4 o'clock. Game gets over at 8. They get out. They fly out at midnight, whatever. They're on a shorter week. And the Browns are going to be on that long week, the extra three or four days. Yeah, you get the mini-buy heading into. And and the Redskins are just a bad team. They're just a bad team. To get like a... That would have been nice to get like a, uh, you know, have Pittsburgh or Dallas or one of these teams be off the, the he, even Houston or Philly be off the 10 game by, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or the 10 day by that mini by you get with the Thursday night game. But either way, no big deal. I mean, you, you got to play your schedule. So Washington. Yeah. But so uh, the Browns, point, they'll be at the Cardinals the week before. Very interesting. Yeah. And then so the Browns are in Cleveland, one o'clock game. And I, the reason we're telling it the times and stuff is because these things matter. That extra day that you might get or three days in the case of the Browns versus the Redskins, like that's huge for these players. It's huge for a guy like Olivier Vernon who struggled with health. Um, so this next one is important. We play the Cowboys week four. And here's some important things. But first, um, Allen. Will the Browns beat the Steelers this year? You're going to have to stick around and find out. We'll talk about that. We're talking about every game. And Bailey, 
How about the Bears? Mm-hmm. The Bears. I honestly have not looked at their schedule, but if you're a Bears fan, I do apologize. Um, we, we could talk about them after the Browns, but man, the yeah, Kyle Thatcher, if you're watching this, Corey, the Bears. I mean, you had it all, and then you lost it. You were right there. But um, <laughs> anyway, and also when we get to the bye game for the Browns, Week Nine, I believe, uh, John and I, I'm yeah. putting John on the spot here. We're going to drop some news about something. It's very important, so stick around. If you're listening to this podcast later, stick around. It's important. If you're watching live, come back around then because it's going to be important. But the Browns play the Cowboys week four. Now, thankfully, the NFL gods have gifted us as they say you're going to go and play one of the best offenses in the league week four already all right so you're gonna play the ravens the best offense week one you're gonna have two lollygaggers then you're gonna come back and play the cowboys <laughs> maybe a top five offense um week four but they got rid they didn't address safety this offseason they lost all their they lost byron jones yeah. um and they play in seattle week three four o'clock game so they play yep the best quarterback in the nfl yeah the best quarterback in the nfl the best quarterback in the NFL week three. So th- that's nice for us. We get that little bit of extra time. They have a hard opponent that they're going to get beat up. Um, you know, it just kind of sucks that Seattle's defense is buns, but uh, the Cowboys with matchup wise, you know, I, I am more worried about this game. This is a game I worry about because Dak Prescott can shred defenses. And you might say you weren't you didn't act worried about um, Lamar and the Ravens. Well, that's because it's Week One. This is weird off season. By Week Four, Dak and CD and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper they're going to be finding their groove, and that's going to be a fantastic offense. And it just so happens that the Browns were one of the worst tackling teams last year, one of the worst run defenses last year, and they have Ezekiel Elliott and a bunch of Maulers on the offensive line. This is a game I'm worried about. But I think our offense can easily match their firepower. I mean, skill position for skill position, they're just about equally matched. You know, this guy, whatever. If you think Amari Cooper's better, I think you're wrong. But Odell is better than Amari Cooper. Jarvis and Gallup are – I w- it's hard to – like, I don't know. It's it's also hard to do this because Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham Jr. are two opposite wide receivers. Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. Michael Gallup could not be more different. Jarvis and Amari right. Cooper are actually – Kind of similar. They're just they're tough, hard nosed. Um, I don't want to call Mari yeah. a possession receiver, but he's he's more on that side than Odell. But then Rashard Higgins to CD Lamb, I think, is a pretty large drop off. But then the running back, the running backs go to the Browns because not only is Nick Chubb probably have a little bit of an edge right now, but they have Kareem Hunt compared to Tony Pollard. So no, the Cowboys have a better running back in Ezekiel Elliott. No, That's I'm saying not even... the running back group. If you're going to tell me you yes, wouldn't take Nick Cowboys. Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. You're wrong. Correct. I would take Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard in a heartbeat. So would every human being who's no. ever seen or heard of football. Yes. Oh, no, they absolutely, absolutely would not. Yes. No. No. I, would, I wouldn't even debate aside, that. Yeah, no, Zeke is like in another on another planet than – No, I disagree yeah. because this I'm talking about a running back room. Kareem Hunt is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Tony Pollard is – Fantastic. He is not anywhere in Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was a rushing title champion right. and a receipt in right. the best in Andy receiving Reed's back. system, which 
Damian Williams was the should have been the Super Bowl MVP. He's we'd never heard of the guy like two years ago. He's almost a Super Bowl MVP. Andy Reid does amazing things with players. You do like, realize Kareem Hunt absolutely dominated at every forget. stage. The only reason he went to Toledo is because he was a thug. I shouldn't say thug. He was a bad kid. Yeah, and he's slow. Like he's not. He's he's like kind of he's a slow running back. Like every every slow running back that comes out of college gets comp to Kareem Hunt. If you run a four six three, you're, oh well, you, you I guess you're Kareem Hunt then. Like that's what Kareem Hunt did in the NFL was amazing because of how slow he was because of his athletic profile. Like that's the reason. I, but athleticism you know, doesn't mean anything. John Ross is one of the most athletic wide receivers in the NFL, and he's trash. No, no, no. there's a huge okay. Athleticism means a lot for running backs. First of all, athletic profiles are very important. They they statistically they correlate with better NFL seasons. So. For Kareem Hunt to do what he did, it statistically, every guy that's you know big and slow is not going to be Kareem Hunt in the NFL. Like it's surprising that he was able to do what he did, and I like him in his role. I'm just saying that if you think that Kareem Hunt is going to go to any NFL team and lead the lead, you know, lead the league in rushing, like you're insane. Like a- Andy Reid does amazing things for players because he's an incredible coach. That's all. I'm Absolutely, saying. I love I agree. Kevin Hunt, but I don't think that I, like I don't think Hunt, that Tony Powered and Kareem Hunt are even. I think it's disrespectful okay. to compare those two. You're right. Uh, you're right. And I'll I, I'll fig- I'll dream up what your punishment is for your for being disrespectful to Tony Pollard. I'm not sure what you're smoking or what's going on tonight. Maybe they cut your hair. Did some of the brain come off with that haircut? Did it get too close? I don't know. What's I think going you're on, absolutely nuts. I can't believe this right now. I, I, I we're gonna have to on. switch the we're gonna have to switch the name of the podcast. It's gonna be it, Tony Pollard you- versus the Browns. <laughs> It's mostly the Zeke side of it. That's the thing. Like, if you have a chance to get a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, like, Nick Chubb's great and everything, but, like, he's not Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Zeke is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, he's one of the best, you know, better prospects of all time. And he's turned in amazing seasons in the NFL. Um, You know, he's one of the few guys that, like, I'm not advocating drafting a running back fourth overall, but, like, there's a reason he went fourth overall because of how incredibly good he is. Yeah, like he's Trump incredible. He's a, a fine but, player. But here's the and thing. I love having him, but he's not Zeke. He's nowhere close to Zeke. Okay, so put Nick Chubb in his in Zeke Elliott's shoes with the best offensive line for three years running and a top ten quarterback for three years straight. You don't you don't think he puts up similar numbers? Because I think he does. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be fine. I'm sure he'd do fine. I'm just saying. So, I don't know not, if you put Zeke. He's not catching. He's not catching sixty passes a year like Zeke does, and everything. I mean, Zeke is special. He's really, really special. Th- that's why so. Nick Chubb Anyways, has Kareem Hunt. We're getting off. We're get, I know, and that's the thing. Nick Chubb needs Kareem Hunt. Zeke can do all that by himself. Nick Chubb needs somebody else to do that part of it. Zeke is that whole thing. He that's needs the great whole package. I, I'm not and arguing Tony that. A nice, nice backup. I'm not he's arguing really, that Ezekiel Elliott's. I'm not arguing that Ezekiel Elliott's not one of the best running backs the like, NFL's ever seen. All right, if you had to rank those four, would you agree that it goes Zeke, then Chubb, then Hunt, then Pollard? Yeah. Okay, and I'm saying that the difference between no. Zeke yeah, and but I Chubb disagree is with that. so great. I disagree. That it doesn't matter who the backup if is. If you're going to give me yeah, Zeke like at 23 years old and Chubb at this stage, I would say the, the drop-off is significant. But that extra year or two in the NFL has taken an edge off of Zeke. You can see it. He just isn't getting through tackles like he once was in the NFL. He's not he's breaking everything. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying. So I'm saying at this point, at this point right now, I would much, t- I would much more side with a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt backfield than Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. That's I, I'm not a big fan of Tony Pollard either. Either 
He never had. He never was a dominant run runner in college. Like he never got a no, large amount you're of right. snaps. There was a crowded backfield there, so you're right. That's a good point. He wasn't. He didn't shine like uh, like Zeke did. That's They've for just sure. pooped so. out running backs in Memphis lately. They all kind yeah. of just dud out in, in the NFL, but they're there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some hype on another one this year. That's for sure. And he looks like a, he looks like he might be the one. So we'll see. But yeah, I guess now. all I meant to say was the like. When you were grading this this running back room, these two rooms, you were like, "Oh, Brown slam dunk!" Like it's like so. Such I don't think I said it like that. Question? Did I? So, like, I don't think I said Browns, it like that. The Browns clearly have the better back running back. I was like, "Whoa, you don't even want to consider." Like we're gonna have to have Ezekiel someone Elliott's? clip that. I don't think I said clearly the better. We'll, we'll rewind the pod of forty five minutes when we started I'm this conversation. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I said the Browns have the edge in the running back room. You did. I just you just seem to brush it off so fast. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's uh, what's it called. We can keep going. So, but, um, but yeah. So go ahead. You were talking about how you know the the position groups and stuff like that. that and that's all I was getting to. Cowboys, we so. need to. We're gonna have to skim over a couple weeks now. But that's all yeah, I was we, getting to is that the, um, I I, I like the matchup with the Cowboys. I think that's gonna be one of the most. I think that's gonna be a, a very game. even game. Very even huge. fun game. Yeah, and a big one. I mean, it's. You know, it'd be nice if that one were at home. And so far, you've got, you know, it'd be nice if the schedule were flipped, right? Like, you'd love to have Baltimore and Dallas at home and then go on the road to face Cincinnati and Washington. Like, it would, you know, because who cares about the road game? I mean, if you're going to play road games, you'd like them to be against, you know, not tough teams. But but whatever. I mean, you got to play the schedule, you know, that's, that you're given. So um, the Dallas game, yeah, that's going to be a huge game. That's going to be very, very interesting to see um, because – Again, let's say you, you know, if you beat Baltimore week one and you and you everything goes the way you think it will and you take care of Cincinnati, you take care of Washington, you know, you got a you got a chance to go to Dallas and make a statement. I mean, if you start 4-0 with two road wins against Baltimore and Dallas, I mean, that's you know, first of all, 4-0 teams usually, you know, do fairly well as far as making playoffs and winning divisions and things like that. Like it's, you know, you've already started your season off very well. Um if you lose both road games and you're just two and two, then, you know, we're not going to know anything, right? We're not going to know a single thing about this team. You're going to beat two teams that everybody in the world thinks you should beat when, as soon as the schedule was released and you lost to two teams that we said would be tougher games. And so, you know, at some point you're just going to like, if you want to be a good team, you're going to have to beat teams that, you know, maybe you shouldn't on paper, right? Maybe teams that, you know, look good. Or if the edge is so close, which I, I think that your point about Dallas is a very good one, where you could look at these teams and say, hmm, might be a coin flip. I might just take the home team and say, you know, if Dallas is at home, I'll take the Cowboys. If the Browns were at home, maybe I'd take the Browns, right? So Yeah, Dak doesn't lose to Jerry World very often. No, and and he's, yeah, and he's underrated too. I like him a lot, he's obviously. Fantastic. So. Um, but, but yeah, but they're, but they're uh, on defense, you know, they have some improving to do as well, so you know, again, if the Browns defense uh, shows up week one and keeps getting slightly better and the linebackers play like, you know, with as limited of an offseason as they're going to have, um, then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be what's it called? It's this is this, you can circle this game as one of the games of the year for the Browns already. I mean, yep. and it's a young season at this point, but this is a very, very important game. So yep. we've got the comment section fighting. Um Nice. I want to. I think this Colts one is one we should skim over. While it's, you know, it's they're going to be fun. Philip Rivers, yada yada. We need to skip a couple games, kind of. I, yeah, just I like. Just need to talk about the important like with the Colts. The, the only thing is the you know home game again. Like you, it's a home game. You got to win. 
you know, those games, right? Like you, yep. you just need to take care of business at home. So if you're, your road games, you're going to stumble and you're going to lose some games that maybe you shouldn't, whatever. But, um, but yeah, the home games. So you got the Colts at home, you know, they're going to have, uh, like you said, rivers, new quarterback, uh, lots in flux for them. So, you know, take advantage of that, right? Just beat a team at home that has had a lot of change going on in the off season with no real off season. So yeah, yep. absolutely. Hope they get that one. And then, uh, week six, we have the Steelers. We're going to talk about this one a little bit. I cannot find out who the Steelers play week five. Do they have their bye week five? No, oh, no, here. they play the Eagles. Okay. The Steelers play the Eagles week five and then come back with us week six. That's that's good for the Browns. Uh, Eagles are a good team. Um, Home games in a row for them. So the Eagles at Pittsburgh and then we go to Pittsburgh as well. Yep, so. This one's going to be tough. It's all This game is going to 100% depend on Big Ben. And I'll say this again. I don't think the Steelers are going to have a good year. That There's three teams in the NFL that you should expect to bounce back from. Just statistically, looking at history, what happens? In my opinion, it's the Titans, it's the Steelers, it's the 49ers. The Titans are for a different reason. The 49ers and the Steelers' defense Oh, you mean they're going to slide? They're going to they're Yeah, gonna bounce decline. back. Like, bounce back. Bounce back oh, from being good. Oh, fall back. Yeah, I thought you meant bounce like back. Like yeah, those three teams might be good this year. No. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Tennessee, what? The, so, okay, go the ahead. Sorry. 49ers and the Steelers, okay. defenses like that just don't repeat. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, you know, the, the Patriots are an anomaly because they don't focus on turnovers. They just stop you on third down when it's important. And then the Titans, quarterback play like that from a guy like Tannehill doesn't happen that often, and it usually doesn't repeat. So – if I'm looking at the stats and I'm looking at history, and that's what I like to base my judgment on, I'm going to think that the Titans, the Steelers, and the 49ers bounce back uh, back to reality. Not They, they do not go good. Yep. They're going to be bad, in my opinion. And obviously the 49ers are a good enough roster that they'll still win most of their like They'll still win a good amount of games. Um the Titans, yeah, but you, to your point, they're going to have to rely on their offense. Like they're probably going to, yeah. you're going to have to say, Jimmy G, go win us some games with Russell Wilson like and right. McVay and DeAndre Hopkins sure. and Kyler Murray. Like that's they're the NFC yep. West is the I think the best division outside of the AFC North this year. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's for sure. They're going to be much more fun to watch out there because they're going to be slinging the ball everywhere, and the AFC North oh, yeah. is going to be pounding the ball down people's throats. But yep. Um, I think the Steelers game, honestly, I, I don't know what to think. If this new regime comes in and just holds the ship steady like we think they're going to. So far this year, I mean, this is the first year ever, John. There's been absolutely no leaks. There's been absolutely no rumors. There's been absolutely no like discourse in the locker room or the front office that's being leaked out to people. Like They are, they truly, like, they are on the same they're on the same path. They have the same goals in mind. And, you know, there's none of this leaking crap to the press to make, like, so when it comes out, I look better. If they're this kind of regime, they have this kind of all bite, no bark, this is a game they can easily win. I truly do not think the Steelers are as good as people want to think. Now, if Big Ben comes out and plays like 30-year-old Big Ben, forget about it. I mean, that's one of the best quarterbacks that will, that will be in the NFL. But... He's 30 old. He's 30 old. His workout <laughs> regimen is drinking a beer every night on a yoga mat, and he looks like that bear he killed in that picture on Twitter. 
I don't know about you, John. But I'm only twenty. I'm only twenty-two, and I still get joint pain in my elbows. Drinking a beer would not help my joint pain. Yoga would, but eating right, getting thinner. He's getting big like that. He's not eating right, which means inflammation's coming everywhere. I don't see any way he comes out and that elbow is fixed. The elbow is such a touchy part with baseball and football. Football, if you're a quarter a quarterback, really, but it's such a integral part that can be injured so easily and it it is like you have to yes john big ben as we say nowadays that's just my opinion with with everything that's been said by jay glazer and reports around pittsburgh i just don't see how he comes back and is like he used to be i don't see well the good thing is we'll know um we'll know early you know it's not it's not like last year, right? Where we had uh, what's uh, no, I'm sorry, they played him later on uh, last year as well. It was uh, thank he God, was by them. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so you'll know. I mean, I, I guess if it's taken a toll, you know, we're six weeks in at this point. So I guess it's at some point, you know, by week four, five, six, you probably know if it's some kind of a nagging thing that he's, you know, the surgery didn't take or it just isn't healing like he thought it would, or you know, can't handle the the rigors of a you know an actual NFL season. So. Um, but yeah, I think um, okay. I, I I think I was just thinking about this when you were talking, and um, you know, thinking as a as a Browns fan, right? So this moment every single year, right, for the past decade, let's say, um, the schedule comes out. You look at the you know upcoming schedule, and regardless of what we have been the year before. You know, there's all kinds of optimism. There's all kinds of hope. There's all kinds of, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, we got a better defense. We got a better offense. We're going to be good, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, they're going to win X amount of games. Um, you know, and every year we've been wrong, basically, right, with all that optimism. I mean, they've just, you know, there's been a couple of highlight seasons, but, you know, outside of 2007 and, um, well, 02 was the playoff season. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's been so, anyways, it hasn't been great, obviously. But, I think the one difference between a lot of what we've seen in the past and, and this upcoming season is that for the first time um, ever, really, uh, or you know, since the Browns became the Browns again in 1999, I think that fans have a realistic um, – we can look at the offense that Kevin Stefanski is going to run, and I think that we can have a realistic expectation of – you know, improvement on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. So, you know, that I think, I don't think that's forecasting too much or expecting too much or anything. I think looking at this team saying Stefanski ran a very successful offense with Minnesota last year. And by and large, um, you know, you have, uh, you have the chance for the offensive line to be better this year with Conklin and obviously wills. Now, um, you have, uh, I mean, Baker was a better prospect, obviously, than Kirk Cousins. Uh, Cousins has played, you know, decently well to good in the NFL. But, um, you know, but you have a chance with Baker to have a better quarterback. Uh, Thielen and Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are, you know, uh, not the most. Well, Diggs is super talented, obviously, but Thielen is a guy that came out of nowhere. And um, not more talented than Beckham, you know, but like Jarvis is somebody that does probably, you know, more than you would expect from, you know, an athlete of that caliber. Like Jarvis is I, Jarvis plays better than he probably like ever should have, I think. And that's that seems like it's work ethic and practice and stuff like that. Like, 
you know, he's he's been very impressive in his NFL career despite not being the you know the fastest guy or whatever. So, um, but yeah, so just up and down the board. I mean, you if you looked at Minnesota and they were very they were a good offense last year, very good uh, top eight you know offense. And you know the Browns, you, you have better players than they do uh, almost at every position up and down the board. And so, um, you know, Austin Hooper at tight end, we can go on and on. The point is, is that. I think that, and again, you you haven't had much of, you know, you might not have much of an offseason, so that could hurt things. But the nice thing is that the, they did run a lot of wide zone last year, so it's something that at least they're they're familiar with. Um, you do have Bill Callahan coaching the offensive line, which is super helpful, um, and this offense should make things easier. So I just think that it's realistic that we can look at this upcoming season as fans and say, I think I expect the offense to be better. Okay, now. If that's true, and I think that it is, uh, and we'll obviously be able to go back and you know think back to this moment and say you know we, we you know were we right in assuming this or were we wrong? And I think we're going to be right. But if we are right, and if the offense is better, then I think the one thing that you can say about uh, this team and this schedule coming up is that for the first time, we at least have the ability to stay in some games, right? Like last year, if they didn't, you know, if their defense played well. Like the Rams game, for instance, right? You you were at home on Sunday Night Football. You played extremely well uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and you just couldn't do anything with on the offensive side, right? Nothing. I mean, they just couldn't, you know, third downs and fourth downs and everything else that they couldn't convert. And so if you had any kind of offense, you win that game, right? Any kind. And so I think that's going to be the major difference is that this year you can at least look at this team and say, you know, they're – they're not going to be totally reliant upon their defense, which is great because if this defense improves a little, then fantastic, right? You might have a shot to really win 10, 11, 12 games, something like that, right? Something where you ex- you go way and above, uh, way above and beyond expectations. Um, but if your defense is just mediocre or average or it takes everybody a little while, the linebackers, the D-line, you know, everybody new, Delpit, just takes them a little while to get acclimated then I think you can re- at least rely on an offense that might be able to win you a couple games. And that's the difference. Like in the NFL, you can't go, uh, hey, defense, go win us a game. Like it's so hard to do that. But you can take a mediocre defense and a slightly above average offense and win some NFL games just because of that. So I think if we're going to have any reason for optimism, and I'm sorry that this is a 27-minute speech, I apologize, um, but the I think that's the reason for it. And I'm, that's the part that I'm excited for. And so – you know, a game like this at Pittsburgh, right? Like, this could be a game where maybe Ben's uh, elbow's fine and they're playing really well and they're, you know, they're okay on defense or whatever, but they're, they things are really clicking on offense. This might be another game like Baltimore or like Indy where you just, you're like, look, we can win a shootout, right? We can get into a game and score 30 points and maybe beat a team 33 to 30 or something like that. Whereas last year, there's no chance, right? No way in hell that's happening. So, I don't know. There's, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's a tough game, obviously, but I think there's reason for hope, and that's why. There's absolutely no team that the Browns w- would play this year outside of the Chiefs, which they don't play them, that you'd say there's absolutely no way they can beat them in a shootout. The Browns have a very talented offense on paper, and then I'm including the scheme that they're going to be running, the coaching. Everything is lining up for them to have a good year, and – you know, this isn't the team of old because nobody on this team right now was here during the O and whatever days except for Joel Batonio. And I you, 
I don't care if we were still winning zero games, he'd be one of our best players on the team because he is right now. Mm. Um, but so after week six, uh, week seven, they play the Bengals, and we're going to actually skip that one because we're running long. But the Bengals, week seven at Cincinnati, Joe Burrow's still going to be finding his footing in the NFL. Seven weeks isn't nearly enough, especially with the times we're in now. And then they played the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders, week eight. I'm trying to figure out who the Raiders play week seven. Give me one second. So they're at home against Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. <laughs> so they got the Bucks at home. I so, like again, that. a late game. And then they have to travel to the Eastern time zone to play a one o'clock game the following week. So that's that's definitely helpful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the Raiders, they are a far way off in that defensive backfield for being able to cover. And you also have to think, in the NFL, there are certain weeks where these players give everything. You know, the Browns are going into week one playing the Ravens. But if they were playing the, if they were playing the Redskins, they would leave a little more in the tank. Like, Everyone does it in every walk of life. If you're at, if you work at McDonald's, you might not flip that patty exactly when it needs to be flipped. If you're working at the fan, I know, I'm trying a fancy restaurant. You're working at some five court, like five star restaurant, and uh, yeah, Ruth Chris or something like that, Hyde Park. Yeah, you're not gonna miss yeah. flipping your burger. The Raiders are gonna have to play the Buccaneers, who have the potential to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Uh, if Brady's still got mm-hmm. a cannon on that right shoulder then they'll be fine. They have one of the they have two of the be- they have one of the best receiving duos, you know, Gronk aside, just talent. They have OJ Howard at tight end. That's enough for me to get on board with that tight end group. I don't know what the hell Arians is doing. He's never been able to use a tight end ever. But this offense, that Buccaneers offense is going to be good. I, I'm not going to let the what happened to the Browns last year sway my opinion. I think that Buccaneers offense is going to just fit right in. Brady's just Brady's game is all about intellect. It's not about um, being able to fit throws in the windows or whatever you might need. His is all about just he just outsmarts everyone. So I don't think that's going to transfer going to a new offense. He's still going to be able to outsmart you and um, use his eyes to misguide you, whatever it may be. Where I'm getting with this <laughs> is that. This is who the Raiders are playing the week before the Browns. So if you think the Raiders aren't going to come out on Sunday night football, John Gruden's a rah-rah guy. We're going to go out there and we they're going to get them so pumped up to win this Sunday night football game against the Buccaneers in Vegas. Chucky face. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. With that bull cut. We've got to beat Tom He's got Brady. a bull cut. The owner's got a bull cut. The only one that looks decent in that front office is Mike Mayock. I don't know what the hell's going on, but they're going to give it everything. And you know what positions get hurt a lot when you go all out defensive backs, whether it's some, whether it's, you know, groins happen all the time, but groins, hamstrings, feet injuries, getting tangled up, getting hit over the middle by a block. Like there's so many things that could go wrong and you see it every year as these defensive backs get hurt on freak plays. And I'm just, this is all I'm saying is freak plays don't happen against the the Browns of 2015 or the Bengals of 2018 or like these, these cornerbacks, these, these players give it all. Don't give it their all every week. It's just a natural way of life. You don't give it all if you don't have to give it all. So I'm just, this is just me thinking, you know, you got to remember me and John just saw this schedule also 30 minutes ago, like an hour ago now, like you did. So I'm just giving you scenarios that could happen. And I think a very real one is that the, the Raiders are beat up from Sunday night football against the Buccaneers. 
And then they have to travel to Cleveland, who Cleveland yeah. is set this year to they're going to have flashy plays. They have Baker Mayfield. They have Nick Chubb, Odell, Jarvis, Ninjoku. Like, these are flashy play guys. But when it comes down to it, they have a mauling offensive line. I mean, just some guys that finish you off, unlike other guys. Like, Jedrick Wills will just destroy you. Jack Conklin will destroy you. Um, Wyatt Teller is just like this little bulldog. Not very good in the passing game, but he'll destroy you in the run blocking game. Like, then Nick Chubb's going to run you over. This is a team that's just going to beat the af- absolute crap out of you. I I I think this Vegas one is going to be fun. It's going to, you know, week 8, we got the bye next week. I think it's going to be in fun. I think it's going to be fun. Uh Yeah, I don't know. I know so we're right not doing predictions, but that first half of the schedule, I like it. Like when I first looked at it, I was like there's absolutely no way. This is this is insanely rough, but I mean I I guess I don't want to say like there's easy wins, but there's three games where you absolutely should win. Okay, so that leaves well four games. Yeah. That leaves five games up in the air. You know, yep. even if you have a losing record out of those five games, you come out of the first half four and four. That's manageable with the second half of the schedule. John McNabb yeah. says Browns I have mean, come a long way from the Hugh days. John, the Hugh days when they blot when they beat the Chargers to win the last game of the year, I was in a Christmas Eve mass in the back row because we got there late, and my brother didn't go, so he was texting me and my dad updates, and he said they won, and me and my dad started yelling in church, yelling, and a missed awesome. field goal. Oh my gosh! Never forget that. Um, anyway, sorry. But yeah, so the first half you got eight games, then a bye, so split season split perfectly down the middle, right? Um, Which is nice. At Baltimore, at Dallas, the Colts at home, at the Steelers. I think those are the four make or break, you know, games. Uh, if you lose all four of those, then you basically have to win. You know, you got to win Cincinnati, Washington, at Cincinnati, and r- the Raiders at home. So. You know, though you you kind of have to win those four games because you're probably the better team in those situations. And then it's the other ones. The Colts are at home, so you know it'd be nice to steal that game. At Dallas is tough. At Baltimore's tough. At Pittsburgh's tough. So, you know, I, I I think the probably the best you could expect would be six and two out of that stretch. Um, you know, maybe you uh, lose to Baltimore and Dallas, but you you know you beat Pittsburgh at home, or maybe you beat Dallas and lose to Pittsburgh. But and I don't think the that's Colts crazy. game is really important. That's got to – yeah, no, I, I think splitting those is – what would be disastrous is if you lose to Baltimore and lose to Pittsburgh, even if you're 6-2, and two, if both of the losses are against those two teams in your division. Like, granted, you'll have beaten Cincinnati twice, so that's helpful, but you're going to expect Baltimore and Pittsburgh yeah, to beat Cincinnati. Yeah, but also the good uh, so. thing is is if they lost both – if they lost all four games against Baltimore and Pittsburgh but then went 12-4 and four the rest of the year, they'd still get in the playoffs with the seven-team – three wild cards now so that is no that is right nice. you're yeah you're right i mean and, and you can you know at this point we take anything in cleveland but a wild you obviously card, you uh, want you want to win the amazing division. so um but yeah i'm just saying like imagine six and two where you lost to at dallas and you lost to the colts at home but you beat baltimore and you beat pittsburgh <laughs> that six and two would be you know what i mean you feel like you were the best team in the nfl yeah. like that would be amazing no six I, and two where you lost to baltimore and pittsburgh that would be a very very different six and two that's all i'm saying yeah i think i think it's a very i think that first half of the season uh every analyst you see is going to have the browns down as a possibly a losing team and that's fine 
Um, you know, John and I included, analysts are wrong all the time. Like it happens. And good thing we don't. I'll say this. I know there's a lot of people that hate PFF. I can't really understand why. I understand you don't agree with some of the grades. But if you're looking for ESPN or Fox to give you a realistic reason as to why your team's going to do what, stop. That's not – That's not. there's about one person on ESPN I respect and listen to, and that's Dan or Vlosky. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Mike Clay's good too. Mike Clay's good. Yeah, but he's, he's not on TV. He's not on TV really. No, that's true. That's, true. Um, that's a good point. And I'm not saying – obviously these people have worked their asses off. They're great at what they do. But I'm yeah. not looking at Colin Cowherd for football advice. He's wrong right. most of the time. But – um. All right, so we're at the bye. Here's okay. the – we're going to break this down. If you have questions, put them in the chat quickly. Um, okay. So basic – I'm going to try to explain this best I can. John, correct me if I don't say enough. You got okay. it. Okay. So as you guys may not know, actually, uh, at Across the Board, we have a podcast network. It's growing slowly, but um, we are in the works to get a couple of new teams – um, soon. Right now, we just have across the Jaguars, across the Cowboys, across the Bills, across the Cavaliers. Um, mm-hmm. We are adding across the Browns. Shocker! It will be hosted by me. So, okay. across the Browns, I will be hosting that. It will. I will have a schedule set, but in, I'm hoping to get at least three episodes out a week. During the season, during training camp, during things that are exciting, it might be more than that. There'll be shorter episodes. They won't be long like this. They'll be 30, 35 minute long episodes. We'll have reoccurring guests. We'll have new guests. John will still come on. I'll do a couple by myself. We'll try to get a couple more players on. Um, But across the board podcast will likely still exist. John and I still have to work out the details. If it does exist, it. I'll say this. I know this for a fact. The stuff John and I do with the draft, the stuff John and I do with our best bets, our DFS, um, that will 100% still exist, at least on the YouTube channel. But that will likely also go on the Across the Board podcast. Now, if you are listening to this podcast right now, and the reason we're doing this is because when we put out Browns-related content, it, res- it you guys respond much more positively. We have much more um, – We you guys connect with the Browns more, and that's because I've built my following around the Browns, which I love that. Um, I tried to go away from it, but I just can't. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, this will turn into Across the Browns coming up soon. So you, when, I, when you see a tweet from Across the Browns or you want to go listen to Across the Browns, It'll be this podcast. So if you're subscribed to it, it will automatically just, you'll stay subscribed. If you're not subscribed, you should go subscribe right now on iTunes, wherever, across the board. Um, Mm. But yeah, that's my long-winded speech. I'm really excited. I have been wanting to do this for a while. I just, I didn't know how we were going to do it with, um, you know, the best bets and the DFS and all that. But yeah, yeah. Did I answer everything? No. You think? 
Yeah, this is good. I mean, so yeah, basically this podcast is going to turn into Across the Browns. So if you're subscribed, you're just going to, you know, all of a sudden one day you're going to see a different name for the podcast. And But you're it's largely the same stuff, except it's going to ob- obviously more, you know, 100% Browns focused, uh, which is good because half the time we end up talking about the Browns anyways. And, you know, that's what Chandler's passion is. And so and you're good at it. So you might as well just, you know, let's let's play to our strengths here. So yeah. Um, yeah, the across the the across the board, then podcasts will create new. Um, so you know, we'll tweet that out, put it on Facebook, all, all that kind of stuff, so that everybody can, um, you know, follow us there. And that'll be where the generalized kind of NFL content is. And so, yeah, I'm like largely going to be kind of running that. You know, so um, like Chandler will still come on the podcast, the videos and stuff like that. Like I'll go on the across the Browns one uh, from time to time, but. It won't. Uh, we'll just kind of divide. Uh, I guess split it up so that we have, uh, you know, a couple, two different shows doing two different things, but you know, still trying to, um, you know, play to the audience and make sure that you guys are getting the uh, the sports content that you are hopefully looking for that you uh, that you want. And we'll so. still. Chandler's <laughs> hosting. Where do I unsubscribe? That's it. Just Jeff. stop paying your internet bill, Jeff. Don't even worry about it. Just stop paying for it. I uh, and you'll see us on a podcast together. The same amount. If if he doesn't come on the Browns, if he doesn't come on across the yeah. Browns that week, I'll probably hop on across the board. Um, and I, you know, John and I are hoping, especially now that we don't have a lot of primetime games, which I love, we'll be able to record Browns post game shows for you right away, get them out so you guys can digest what happened. Um, but I, I'm really excited. And um, while we're on it, real quick. With the best bet stuff, because that was our best, like that's what you guys wanted last year, best bets, DFS, that will 100% sure be on our YouTube page. Like we're going to try to make it so yeah, a lot of things are filtered through that YouTube page because it's just, I find it when I'm listening to someone, if I'm watching them, I enjoy it a lot more. Like I just stay more focused, stay more tuned in. But uh, yeah, I hope we answered all those Agreed. questions. But uh cool yeah so thank you guys all right i'm really excited yep uh, so look out for that and uh let's talk about the second half can we get across the indians yes jeff our i'll i'll say this sure we are our goal is to have in across the every professional sports team every college team by the end of all this like we, that's that's what my goal is no you won't we uh <laughs> She'll just complain. She'll just complain about uh, Kluber be being traded Chiefs. or something the whole entire time. Um, That's fine. She did. If you guys haven't, some people want to hear that. If you haven't seen Julia, go back, scroll back in the episodes. It's probably around episode twenty-five. Julia and I did an Indians podcast, and she did fantastic. Um, awesome. Yeah, we that is our hope, Jeff. Um, I we we want that's what we want. We want a podcast network where people can go for every single team. Yeah, I'm excited to start hosting across the Browns. I was started as a Browns podcast. If you're still with me from when I started this podcast a year ago, I built the Twitter for my podcast a year ago today, which means I started my podcast this day, 2019. Wow. If you're still with me from then, happy birthday. I thank you so much. I know, I don't know when Jeff started listening to me, but uh, Hellhound, if you're listening, you know, the, he was one of my very first listeners. Like, you are the man. Thank yep. you so much. Cool dude. But I hate that he posts beer all the time because it makes me crave a peanut butter <laughs> and jelly beer. But 
All right, John. We're at an hour. We're, we did good. Our Cowboys argument started at like 41 minutes, so we we zoomed through that second part. Um, okay. Gotcha. After the bye week, week nine, we're going into week 10 playing the Houston Texans. This is a game that I feel so indifferent about. Like Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he doesn't have yep. anything. Like I, I, you're, you know, Brandon Cooks, very good receiver. And I honestly can't tell you why he's been passed around the league like a baseball, but he has been passed around the league like a baseball. Like Belichick's gave him up, Peyton's gave him up, and McVay's gave him up. I, I don't, I don't know. When I watch Brandon Cooks play, all I think is, that's that's a great receiver who gets decapitated once a week. But yeah. the three of the best coaches in the NFL all gave up on him. Not gave up on him, traded him. So that I mean, it does make me think. But this is a team that's pretty depleted on the defensive end of the ball. Um, J.J. Watt hasn't been able to stay healthy. They lost their nose tackle to the Bengals. They haven't added anything of value to that secondary, which was terrible last year. I And they're relying on David Johnson and Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. I I don't know. I just Randall Cobb. <laughs> I think that the the Browns. This is one of those games where the Texans will somehow still be favored. I think by most the general public, but I do not well, think they have the coaching edge. I don't think they have no. the overall offensive edge, and I don't think at this point they don't have the defensive edge on paper. Now we don't know if that Browns defense is going to mesh. They have a lot of yeah. pieces just taped together. But the, there are a lot of veteran players, so that's that is nice. But I don't know. Uh, this could all change week one if the Browns de- week three if the Browns defense isn't clicking. You're not going to get your defense clicking all of a sudden like that. That's either going to work or it's not. But this Texans team, I don't know, man. Bill O'Brien's a bad coach. He's get, Deshaun Watson's going to get hit a hundred times this year. I don't know. It's it's hard. Year, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to evaluate it's hard to the know Texans what to expect from them. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, yeah, this is tough. I mean, this is week 10. So, um, you know, this is you largely, know you I mean, we're speculating now, but yeah, exactly. So by then we'll know. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to know. And O'Brien is definitely a terrible GM, but surprisingly he seems to be a decent, co- I mean, they, they do make the playoffs every year and they don't really have, you know, much to work with. And they've dealt with a lot of injuries in the past. So they've won that division a bunch of times, but regardless, um, yeah, this is a tough one to speculate on. Obviously, you like the fact that it's at home. I mean, that's a huge thing. So, um, you know, that if it's a bit of a coin flip in talent-wise, or at least, you know, we these are two teams that we expect to be maybe eight, nine-win teams-ish, then the fact that it's at home, you know, should tip the scales a little bit. So that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then week 11, home against Philadelphia. So... You've got three home games in a row here with the bye in between. So November 1st, home against the, the Raiders, then the bye, then November 15th, home against the Texans, November 22nd, home against Philadelphia. So you're going to go from, what, October 25th is your road game against Cincinnati, and then you don't have another road game until November 29th. So that's, what, 33 days at home? Um, yeah. That's incredible. So that's a huge, huge advantage. So if you can get through the first half of the season, let's say you end up six and two or five and three, uh, or even four and four, where somehow that you you know you beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and those are two of your four wins, or you know something where there's at least optimism. Then 
you come out of that bye with a home game against Houston and a home game against Philly. Now Philly's tough, obviously. Um, and I think it's, you know, probably them or Dallas. We expect to win the East, uh, this year, uh, basically every year. Um, and Philly won last year simply because Dallas refused to win that division. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely a tough game and, but you're glad to have it, uh, you know, you're glad to have it at home. That's for sure. Um, so that part I'm excited about, um, I don't think they'll be favored in this game. I think that if they're going to win it, they're going to have to basically play, you know, this is going to have to be perfect football. Um, you know, you're not going to make a ton of mistakes against this Philly team and, and, you know, win, but, uh, but yeah, but you've got a shot. That's for sure. And this one's going to feel really good too, because, you know, I think the, the Carson Wentz thing is always going to hang over your head, uh, until you, you know, kind of erase that, that demon, right. Till you go to the playoffs and win a game or two in the playoffs or, win the division or something, do something where you're like, you know, I just don't have, we don't have to focus on this, the, this, this mistake in the past, you know? In fact, it's ironic that back-to-back weeks, it's Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, two of the quarterbacks that people were pissed that we didn't end up with in back-to-back years. But anyways, uh, what do you think about Philly? Um, I think Philly is a fantastic team. However, I think they are relying on Carson Wentz, who I've been reading more and more posts about doctors and football and any sport with injury prone. And they say that that term is not true. Like if you're injury prone, quotation marks around that, they basically just say that like Carson Wentz just gets himself in the situations or his offensive line gets himself in a situation where it's Mm. just dumb, like just dumb luck. Um, so I don't want to say an injury-prone quarterback, but a quarterback who's been injured quite a bit in his young career already, and not all, I mean, he's just an absolutely talented pocket passer, but a lot of what made Carson Wentz the MVP of the year that he got injured so he didn't end up winning it was his ability to move. I mean, he is he's not sneaky athletic. He's athletic. He's very athletic. Or his ACL on that run, sure. Yeah. Absolutely right. And so I think they are relying on that, and their backup plan, I, I, I'm not comfortable if I'm Philly, and then, more importantly, you're relying on Jalen Rager to come in and fix that off that fix that wide receiver group that was. And I mean, they're they're Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey can win you games in the NFL. The problem is Jeffrey's a big receiver who's taken a lot of licks. He gets hurt. He, I believe, broke his ribs sure. last year. Which you're a receiver going up to get extending up to get a ball and getting hit in the ribs is not something you want to do again. Um, so that's going to take a toll on them. There's just all this smoke about cutting Deshaun Jackson, which if the if the Eagles cut Deshaun Jackson, I want the Browns to call right now and say we'll take a one year deal because, yeah, really, I love Rashard Higgins, but if you can fit a a burner in there, at sure. your three spot, um, yeah, and you know for they nothing, won't take time, they won't take time from each other. They're two like you could not be two different wide receivers in the NFL, but. No, when you ran eleven or ten personnel, if you had Deshaun Jackson on the field too, dear God, that's yeah, that would be a because lot of fun. To I, see, and I think sure. this is something that nobody really thinks about. But o- Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the best deep threats in the NFL. He just sure he, I mean, after last year, people were going to sleep on him, which I'm excited about. Um, but so I think with Philly, absolutely great defense. You best off season of fixing one side of the football I've ever seen. You go and get a top five cornerback in the NFL. You go and get a top five nickel corner in the NFL. And your biggest deficiency last year was coverage. 
outside of your wide receivers being hurt, which what do you do? Have eight receivers on your team that can all play? Like, that's just mm-hmm. dumb luck. Um, so, with the Eagles, I if Jalen Rager is a real wild card for me, and I think if he plays well, that team flourishes. But if he can't play well and you're relying on older, beat-up receivers, I think this team is held back a little bit. I mean, Carson Wentz is still going to be able to work his magic, but if Jalen Rager can play to the athletic profile that he has and these drops weren't his Mm -hmm. fault in college and he's able to run clean routes, not just, you know, get beat beat college players deep. This is a whole different animal of a team. But Fletcher Cox on the interior, Darius Slay and Roby Coleman in the defensive backfield, like this is going to be no walk in the park. And I'd be surprised to see Fletcher – I'd be surprised if Fletcher Cox is not over Wyatt Teller every single snap of this game, which worries me. There's no way he lines up over Joel Petonio because Joel Petonio is one of the best guards in the NFL. That's, you know, it's, there's a lot of teams like this, but the Browns really aggravate me because they have, you know, one of the best guards in the NFL. Um, they have one of the best centers. JC Treaders dropped off a bit, but he's still a top 10 center. So one of the best, um, you know, they have one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's definitely started to take step drops back because, you know, breaking your leg, aging, you you start aging in the NFL, you drop off a lot. They have Yeah, he's only 27 though. Yeah, but I mean, Still, yeah. after that broken god, that broken leg disgusted the shit out of me. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, a top 7, 8, 9 running back in Nick Chubb. Um, and you know, then you have Miles Garrett, arguably the best edge rusher right now in the NFL, um, especially if you take in age into consideration. So they have all these players that are top of the league, but last year we just couldn't see any of it mesh. I think if we, we haven't had a coach. See, yeah, I think if we can see Stefanski mesh. In forever. And, and that's why I think what is important is Grant Delpit's not really like I, – I just was looking at that 49ers defense. Grant Delpit's not like any of those 49ers defensive backs. But Joe Woods said like – like Andrew, we have a, like I'm sure Andrew Barry was not mad that they had to get Grant Delpit in the second round, but like Joe Woods wasn't like, oh, I don't want him. He's not like he's not like Jimmy Ward. He's not a cornerback at playing safety. Like, and don't like Grant Delpit's big like Richard Sherman, but that's like not comparable. Like Grant Delpit is not like the defensive backs that you know Joe Woods has had. Um, he's not like he's not like it was in Seattle when he had um, Chancellor and Earl Thomas in the backfield. He's just he's different than them, and I think that's important. That where I'm getting with this, I think it's important that they were able to not make the team change to them. Like a lot of coaches, a lot of person, like a lot of front office will say, we don't want this player because he doesn't do what we like to do. These this coaching staff so far has taken in players that say, "Hey, you're really good, so we're gonna take you, and we'll we we will mix. We will become the best of both of us. We'll do what you do best that we like, and we'll do what you do best that we never really did, and we'll we'll try to get better like that. And that's something that Belichick does, Peyton does, McVay does. I, I know I keep saying McVay with these greats, but Andy Reid does. Like these are." Some of the best coaches in the NFL, and that's what they do. They get the best players. They don't get the player that fits their system necessarily the best. Like, I th- I think yep. that's important with the coaching. But I keep well, going that's off the bottom line. It's coaching, man. 
if uh, you know if if Stefanski's worth a, a damn, and so is Joe Woods, then you're going to be able to you know be in games like this. Like you, you know, the Eagles. You know, you're going to start to have situations where teams are, oh shit, we got to go to Cleveland in November to play the Browns. Like that needs to be a scary thing. You know, that needs to be something that you know other teams look at, where it's not an automatic bye week on your on your schedule because you go oh, good, we're going to Cleveland. Like you know, we we have to you know you got to win some games so that. You know, these fans start thinking, yeah, I mean, of course, the season ticket holders are no problem. But, you know, by the end of the season, the stadium's empty because who the hell wants to go watch yeah. them in, you know, 20 degree weather. So but, yeah, I mean, if it's uh, what's it called, if you know, if they're if you're a successful team and at least you look good, even if you're not necessarily winning, but at least it looks good You where you're like, OK, look, they're close. They're going to start winning some games soon. Um, yeah, I mean, it could happen for sure. So. Absolutely. I mean, it comes down to coaching. If these guys are worth a damn, then you, you know, you got a chance to win these two home games. And I'll tell you what, uh, you better at least split these, these two, because, um, after this, uh, this is probably the beginning of the schedule. You got some tough games and then just the position you're put in after this is going to be tough. So you got six games to end the season here. So week 12, you're at Jacksonville, uh, week 13 at Tennessee, uh, week 14, you've got the Ravens at home on Monday Night Football. So there's your Super Bowl, basically. Uh, week 15, at the Giants. Week 16, go right back to the same place, at the Jets. Uh, maybe you can get like a breakfast in bed or sleep overnight. Maybe you get like a punch card or something. You just stay in the Meadowlands. And my buddy um, just asked me if I wanted to stay in uh, New York over Christmas break. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just stay. Yeah, go get there on the nineteenth or twentieth, and hey, go to the yeah Julia, that Giants could be my game. Graduation and then present with your Airbnb points. <laughs> Staying in New York, we play in New uh, York. Um, two games in a two row. Two games in a week. So it's the twentieth, and then and it could be the Saturday game because they 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 have it open right now where it's either the Jets are December twenty sixth or twenty seventh. So it could be. Uh, either game where they flex it to a Saturday spot. So uh, that one hasn't been decided yet. But but then time, you baby. wrap up at home against Pittsburgh. So you've got four out of your six uh, final games are on the road. Granted, they're at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, at the Giants, at the Jets. So those are winnable games. I mean, that's, we'll see what Tennessee is. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, uh, just because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the answer, and I certainly don't think giving Ryan Tannehill sixty sixty million dollars is the answer. But what? I guess we'll see. But yeah, so interesting. And then your two home games are the Ravens and the Steelers. So you know this is uh, that's an interesting finish to the season. That's for sure. I mean, who you know? <laughs> I can't. I couldn't be more excited for Baltimore at home on Monday Night Football. Are you kidding me? That's going to be that's going to be unbelievable. Make Just, or break. I'm going to take. I'm going to call my email my boss now and take the 15th of uh, December off right now. Just be like, I need a vacation day. Put it on you the calendar. What? That December 6th game against the Titans, that's on a Saturday. Because oh, the, Monday, really? the Monday night's eight days later. Mm, oh. No, it's a Sunday because eight days later is on a Monday. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. That's good math. December 6th. My phone shut down when I was trying to do that math, and I'm like, now I'm just freaking out. Sorry, you can't see me now, John. But... No, I know. I just, my phone was like, my phone hates your math, and so it was like, we're done here. Yeah, my phone just I, shut I, off, so I started reading that, and then I was trying to. Eight days. That's now it's like a, that's a week and a half. Looking <laughs> like a submarine. What's going on? Um, yeah, I think that they they have a realistic chance to start that second half of the season 
three and zero. I I, th- I think I really think they do. I think the Texans and the Eagles are no cakewalk. But like you said, this needs to be a team that with the talent they have, the coaching staff they've assembled. That it's like we're playing the Texans, who are a 500 team probably this year. We're playing the Eagles, who are probably a nine and seven team this year. Those should be games where they're coming to See. Cleveland, and so we're like. Okay, this is winnable. Not oh my god, we okay. have to play one of those quarterbacks. Like that's not the. T- so I looked up the. I wanted to look this up too. So go ahead. But the win totals on um, for the season uh, according to Vegas. So Houston is at seven and a half for the season, and Philadelphia nine and a half. Really? So you expect Philly to win ten games, which makes sense. I mean, there you know, there's no one in that division except for Dallas, them and Dallas, and then, but Houston being a nine win team, eight win team, that does make a lot of sense. So. So there you go. That's a good point. Go ahead. Yeah, I just – with the Eagles, that surprises me because uh, they got – the Eagles have the Rams they have to play, the 49ers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Cardinals. They've got a tough schedule. The Saints. The Eagles sure. have a terrible schedule. Uh, yeah. That 10 wins, man, i take the under. But um, what are the Browns' win totals? So – that's it, and I've got two th- stats that we can kind of uh, what's called. Uh, we could still hit on some of the games if you want to, but these are these are very intriguing. So Vegas has our over under the win total for the season at eight and a half. Wow. Okay. So, so they still believe, which is higher than yeah. I, I would guess a lot of people. Um, Most analysts will have you know, them at seven. Thought. And coming off of last year as well, of course. Now better than that though and this is uh, if you want to start getting excited about the season if you weren't already which who wasn't already um i'm not who are the browns so i pulled i pulled this from uh you know what you have some studying to do before your podcast my friend i you 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 need to learn a lot about these brownies here is this about um, paul brown yes that's it oh, okay. absolutely I'll study the family yes um, and it's just guys named paul brown what if like, i not what famous. if i came on to the first across the browns and just started talking about paul brown that's it. In like, in your, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Across the family tree. In 1907, Paul Brown, <laughs> Paul Brown lived oh in Wyoming. Gosh. I wonder if people would like that when there's nothing to do in the offseason, just give like a story time of the Browns, like crazy stories. I bet people would buy that. I bet people would yeah. wa- listen to that. Anyway, sorry. Absolutely. If I wasn't already excited no, about okay. the season. Yeah. So I pulled this from Sharp uh, Football Analysis from uh, Warren Sharp's site. He's pretty smart. So. Uh, yeah, and this is really uplifting. So this is the 2020 NFL strength of schedule um, based on what how Vegas has the forecasted win totals, okay? So in other words, he's got the teams ranked uh, 1 through 32, the easiest schedule to the hardest schedule based on um, Vegas and how they have their uh, the win totals for all the teams on your schedule, okay? So... Uh, the Colts are number one by a lot. The easiest have the easiest schedule based on um, you know who they're playing versus who everyone else is playing. Of course they do. Uh, Tennessee is second, and the Browns are third. How's the Tennessee? How Tennessee get second? Because they have one of the easier schedules as well. So um, I know, but I'm saying that yeah. with getting to the uh, just the luck of getting to where they got and then being second. And and also true. This is also based on like it's like I said. It's it, there the the basis is what how Vegas has the win totals forecasted. So like if you look through the Brown schedule, 
you know, well, they have Cincinnati twice and Cincinnati's at like four and a half or five wins for the year. So that's, you know, a positive rating, obviously Houston's at seven and a half or what do we say? Eight and a half. So, you know, things like that. I'm, I, I'll look up the Raiders in a second. There's some other teams that are going to be lower, but, but yeah, the Browns are third. So the third easiest based off of that, which, oh, really? That is, yeah, fantastic. The third easiest. Yeah. So this is really good news. Vegas um, outside of last year with the Browns, for those of you listening is Vegas is, they're right way more than they are wrong, except for the Browns. I mean, they just kept like giving like, yep, the Browns are going to win this week. Browns are going to win this week. The Browns didn't win that well, week. What was crazy is that, yeah, it, it, this is all the sharp betters last year were, would like love to take the points with the Browns because they were get you know, they'd be getting like eight and a half at home. And you're like, this is a slam dunk. Like you would take this, you'd take that blind every single week, right? You don't even know, who, you don't even have to know who the teams are. You just said, give me the home team getting eight and a half and I'll take them. And then the Browns would lose by nine. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. Like it was just so close, but, um, so Tennessee, well, Washington has an over, uh, Washington's win total is five and a half. Tennessee's at eight and a half. Uh, we said Philadelphia is nine and a half. The Steelers are at nine flat. Um, the Jets are at seven. The Giants are at six and a half. So you, Jacksonville's at five flat. So you, Vegas is uh, seven and a half. So you've got a lot of winnable games here. The Colts are, where are the Colts at? Nine, nine even, nine even. Um, Baltimore, we, Baltimore's at 11 and a half and they have the fourth easiest schedule. So based on that, but that's a lot. I don't know if I've ever seen one that no, I probably have, but it's rare. That's for sure. What's Baltimore's 11 and a half Woof! and they're juiced the same. It's minus 115 either way. So you could, you got to bet oh, 11 fit. Well, dollar 15 to win a dollar. So, but anyways, um, yeah, so I mean, based off that, just looking at the Browns' schedule and then looking at, um, you know, the the win totals for those teams in Vegas. I mean, they're not; it's not overwhelmingly high, that's for sure. There are definitely a few games that you can point to, you know, the Week 17 against Pittsburgh, the Baltimore Monday Night, the opener against Baltimore on the road, uh, the Colts at Dallas, um, Houston and Philadelphia at home back to back. Maybe the maybe the Raiders at home if they end up being better than we think they are. The Colts for sure. I think I already said them. But yeah, so interesting, that's for sure. I mean, if uh if it looks that good to Warren Sharp and if Vegas thinks they're um what I say, eight and a half? Yeah, eight and a half. So I mean, I think that, you know, if you're thinking around eight, nine wins, that should be sort of like the average, right? That's where they should maybe hover with an average kind of season. And then, you know, anything, you know, seven is, you know, start to get disappointed and uh, 10, 10 and up is okay. You know, we're in business. Like this is, um, you know, 10 means you won some games that you were, you were supposed to win or you just took care of business at home, which is another thing, like we said before, you know, that that's something that they just have never done. And that has to start happening. Like you have to just, you know, like the easiest thing to do is just, you know, home field matters in the NFL. So winning home games should be a thing that, you know, you should do year in and year out regardless. And they just haven't done that. So we'll see. But it's definitely cause for excitement. That's for sure. Yeah, I think, I uh, you know, strength of schedule is something that the Browns had terrible luck with last year. Um, and yeah, it was really hard, really hard. Also, teams like, I mean, Groups like PFF and Sharp Analytics, like these teams weren't sold on the Browns. You know, they were 
they knew that the Browns like regime and roster were different than normal, but they still like this is a long way to go. And um, I think them having the Browns at the same, I think, win total as the Steelers is huge. Um, They're just under the Steelers. Steelers are nine, and we're at eight and a half. Okay, but but basically the same. Yeah, yeah it's right there. So uh, yeah. I, I think that's a big step for Browns fans, and I I mean I'm pumped. Yeah, no, it looks good. That's for sure. You just like I said that it this will be fun because. Um, you know, if we, uh, like we said, if uh, not to spend a ton of time on this again, but if we, if we, if we have a reasonable expectation that the offense is going to get better, and we just don't know what to expect from the defense, but we think at least on paper they improve. So if they can put that to good use and they can actually get any kind of an off season where, you know, they get some practice time and they put some things in, uh, and they're comfortable with who they have on the field, um, and depth isn't an issue, injury stuff like that, of course, then. You know, I, I think I would be thrilled like I and I think if you could just like all if you pose this question to all Browns fans, I would I would bet that everybody would say the same thing. OK, if you said right now that you can this 2020 season for the Browns is you're you're just going to win the majority of your home games and you're going to, to beat the teams that you should beat. I would take that, you know easily without even thinking about it i I don't care you know that even just that would be such an improvement over anything that we've seen right if they just took care of business at home and you win the games you should win right where like you go to the jets and you just win that game because you're just a better team than the jets right Mm -hmm. you beat cincinnati at home on short on a short week because you're just a better team than the Bengals, like stuff like that if that happens this year then i'm fine with that i can live with almost any result because like we don't have to worry about um you know like if you lose at baltimore fine like that's a hard game you know if philly comes in here and wins and they're a good team and they win 10 you know 12 games fine like that it's i'm fine with losing to teams that you know when they're better than you are that's fine but we we have been losing to teams worse than us Mm -hmm. and that's been the issue so that would be a nice thing mom asked new england so they are they their win total for the year is nine. They play which, a tough that's schedule. high. And what is where is uh, got, where are they in the sharp football? They got the Forty ers They got the Bills. They got the yeah. Rams. The so they're the twenty fourth easiest or the what is that eighth hardest? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth, ninth hardest, uh, according to Warren Sharp, based on the you know Vegas win totals. So, yep. Tough one for sure. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Well, what else? Anything else about the schedule? I don't have anything else about the schedule. I, uh, okay. I guess I just want to thank everyone again because if I don't remember the date I released the first podcast, but it's got to be about a year exactly from today because yeah. it was my anniversary. So today's your today's your anniversary. If you're listening it, so. and you were here then, uh, wow. Thank you so much. I mean, John was kind of there like that's you know John DM me and yeah and across the board started and we're definitely not close to what we want to be but we're we're yeah. making steps yep um, we're making progress yeah. and that's because of everybody listening and watching so thank you very much because without you guys we just you know would be like I said talking to ourselves in our bedrooms yep. which you know which that's gonna make us crazy. that's gonna happen but yeah but uh, uh, nice that you're uh, 
here and listening. So thank yeah. you. Appreciate John it. John McNabb, Stidham, nine wins. Skeptical. Skeptical. Yeah. That's a lot. Me too. That's a lot. Like if I see one so. more person say, um, oh, but they believe in Stidham. I don't care if they believed in ghosts. Like just because you believe in it doesn't yeah. make it real. And to be fair, I do believe in ghosts, but um, Stidham just they're at nine with juice to the under. That's minus one thirty on the under. So you got it. You know, you got to bet a dollar thirty to win a dollar on that. So that's uh, they they're they're probably taking a lot of under bets. I wouldn't expect that to either be a, a like a flat like a a minus one ten eight and a half, or they'll go to like minus one forty soon on the nine, and then just try to try to discourage people from betting that because they're going to have too much liability on the underside of that. They'll need people to hit to take the over or New England to be good. Uh, Tampa Bay is at nine and a half, which what's the juice for the over? So that's minus one sixty five. The juice that's a lot. That's a lot. So you're basically you gotta you know lay yeah. What's the juice for the under? Uh, plus it's plus one thirty five under nine and a half. So that's a really nice bet in that division. I uh so nine. This got me thinking. They win nine games, you win the under. Maybe we can do a show soon. Um. That's impressive. The first podcast for the new across the board regime, we can do a best bets like over unders for the season stuff season like win that. Totals. Yep. With our uh, new with our sponsor Bovada. Yeah, Bovada LV. Uh, also, our uh, what's called if you're uh, we we do have a new sponsor as well. Oh um, gosh, darn it! I should have plugged Chandler? it. Yeah, go ahead. Do it now. I'm going to show them my screen. Oh, cool. Um, so. It's uh, the Hawaiian Coffee Company. Um, so they are a new sponsor for the, uh, for the show and uh, on the website. Uh, so if you go to acrosstheboard.net, um, write a nice, you know, big logo. As soon as you get to, this, to the uh, website, you can see the, um, the Hawaiian Coffee uh, Company um, logo. You click Shop Now, and it'll take you to their site, and you get the uh, – what is the discount that they offer? Uh, right now it's $5 shipping flat. Um, anywhere, okay. which is important because they're not they're sh- they're not shipping continental. They're from Hawaii. Um, also, right. if you sign up with your coupon, you can get a ten percent off. And if you are about to buy some and you reach out to us, I can even request discounts and stuff. So, I I, I just have them in an account. I can get them out. So do that. I already bought some. Um, so if you go to flavored, because you know it's it's. If when it gets to football season, you just want some flavored coffee. You want some warm coffee. They got everything. They got toasted coconut, caramel, chocolate, coconut, hazelnut. Jesus, they got everything. And I'm not saying that. And it's reasonably priced too. If you go get a, um, I believe this is an eight ounce bag, whatever it is. You go get this. Maybe it's twelve ounce bag of coffee from the store. You know, it's it's about eight dollars. Julie and I, cheap college students, we usually just get the giant tin. But this coffee tastes better and. Wow. Joe Rogan, this is the coffee. He endorses this coffee all the time. That's how I heard about it. Then I reached out to them. Hmm. So. Yeah, I'm going to try some. I'm going to get the uh, light medium roast. I'm a light roast guy, so I'm going to try some of that and see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, so if you're a coffee drinker, check it out. Across the board, sports.net, atbsports.net. It's right on there. Just click on the link and uh, check out the uh, our new sponsor, Hawaiian Coffee Company, Hawaii Coffee Company. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and then. You can even go on here on the website that you guys are seeing right now and nice. this online store. 
and request things from here. It's all fun, all fun, but very cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's exciting. I'm glad that they reached out to us. I'm excited to start talking best bets with Bavada. Yep. Maybe uh, can't wait. If you know anybody, John, that's like uh, really into you know um, the spreads and looking into betting like that, let me know. But um, maybe we even get Eric back in here or something. Get like a, maybe a four-way call going, and you know that way we have more than just two two voices going about these uh, sure season totals or whatever. But yeah, yeah sounds like fun. Today was fun. We actually like we actually disagreed with something and argued about it and it was fun like <laughs> not all sunshine and rainbows yeah i know i got so much to teach you you'll learn though don't worry about it you'll learn it's it's a mountain of things but we'll get you there slowly we got to go slow old, right got to go slow that's true that's true you are yeah you're basically an idiot until you get into your 30s and then you still don't know shit at least so. i know i'm an idiot you got a long ways to go at least i know i know I'm that's that's the important part knowing that you're stupid is important though. <laughs> so that's that's a good point oh so. my gosh but yeah so Stay awesome. up to date. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just stay up to date. Um, there will be some information coming out, obviously, with how we'll do this best bets thing. Um, yep. We'll definitely be doing it on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but yeah, Across the Browns is coming. Across the Board will be new. We'll get that out there. Try the Hawaii coffee. I think that's everything, man. Yeah, and then when you come back to our best bets show, use that Bavada link. We need a cross the brown shirt. Make it happen. Oh yeah, yeah. So actually, the t-shirts that my person makes are, I think, I mean, they're they're ten dollars to make, and then I think shipping's mm. three dollars for a t-shirt. So, thirteen bucks. They're nice t-shirts. I had to ship one to Hellhound though, and he does not live in the United oh, States. In, yeah, he's gonna say he's in the UK. So yeah, that was. It wasn't nearly as expensive as I thought, but that was that was. Neat. Well, that's good. But that's good. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna upsell people. If you want one, let me know. I'll. Well, I think there'll be thirteen bucks for shipping. Maybe I'll even pay for the shipping. Get some shirts out there, but yeah. Um, thank you all cool. for listening. When we come back with the best bet show and use that Bavada link, you'll get fifty percent added. Like if you donate, if you deposit. Ten dollars, they'll add in a free five dollars, and then it also helps us out um, and keep giving you guys free content and stuff. And yeah, I mean, yep. I love Bavada. That's the only one I've ever used. I know there's my bookie and stuff, but I love I love well, Bavada. Bavada's good. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything else? <laughs> no, man. That's it. Uh, just excited for the schedule. Excited for the well. Excited for the season now. I can't wait. It's uh, it's fun that they released it now, but now of course we got to wait so long. But sure. Time to start Obviously, playing Madden. We've got so much more important to worry about. So, you know, get let's stay healthy, get rid of this virus, make sure we're all doing the right thing so that we can actually have, you know, get back to work and get life back and get football back and everything that we want. So just uh, everybody stay safe out there. Take care, um, you know, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be uh, ready. Uh, we'll be sitting there waiting f- uh, for the kickoff of the Browns at the Ravens week one uh, before we know it. That's uh, definitely the date to look forward to now for sure. Yeah, so I'm definitely already wait. thinking about buying a Thursday night ticket to thanks, Jeff. the Bengals. Yeah, thanks, Hell, Jeff. Yeah, really. Thanks for joining. Definitely. I hope you got your mind off some right. things. I hope you had a good time, Jeff. Uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I 
thanks everybody for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Appreciate Alan, it. Alan, I forgot to mention your comment. You watched uh, my senior year tournament on forty four. Again, <laughs> that was a fun. Tur- that was a fun. That was a fun tournament. It was a fun game. Fun team. If only I wouldn't have traveled at the start of the uh, championship game, we might have won. But <laughs> all things we can look back on and be mad about. But anyway, mm-hmm. thank you all. Thanks for listening. Stay up to date for some information regarding all this podcast switcheroonies. Um, but yeah, get your get your coffee and stay safe. Cool. Take care, everybody.